Broadcasting from deep in the Eublifaris galaxy, on a small planet called Geconia, east of the albino hills and south of the raging leucistic river, comes the one, the only, Gecko Nation Radio. What's up, everybody? Uh, tonight is March 30th, 2014, and um, this is going to be an episode that I don't know if anybody's ever done or had a guest on quite like this, but uh, Dave Durham is known as the Lizard Whisperer, a lot like how um, Caesar is able to just have a very unique bond and connection with dogs, uh, Dave has that same or similar type of connection with his reptiles. And he can communicate with them, he can get them to do tricks, and even come to him by calling their, their names individually. And uh, I've seen, seen him tame even the meanest lizard, which was my old rhino iguana, Brutus. Um, I had Brutus since he was a small uh, small rhino, and I, he didn't grow too, he wasn't with me too long. He was with me for less than a year. But like most young iguanas, he was very high strung and he, and I didn't have any skills as far as uh, learning how to tame him. So I had him in a really nice cage in my basement, set up really nice. Um, but, you know, with a lizard like that, they, they deserve like something huge to live in. And I was feeling bad for the, for the lizard. So, I knew of Dave, I knew of how he kept his, his large monitors and iguanas outside in this beautiful uh, setup that he has in his backyard where they all just live peacefully. And uh, I wanted to give my rhino iguana a better life, so I sent them out to Dave, and he left my house, left my house a very mean lizard, but Dave quickly trained him and turned him into a very friendly animal. In fact, one of his most recent videos is of the rhino iguana just literally climbing onto his shoulder when he asked them to. And, I mean, it's just incredible. You have to watch it. He basically, he, his wife didn't like the name Brutus, so they changed his name to Bruce. <laughs> and uh, so he's calling him Bruce. And uh, the, the iguana knows his name and just literally climbs right onto his shoulder. It's incredible. So, you know, there's no doubt about the intelligence of reptiles in all animals. And I think that a lot of people do not give animals the credit that they deserve. And they don't understand the intelligence that they have. And I feel that animals are only limited in how they can communicate with us. It's not that they're stupid or, you know, you know, less conscious than us. They just, they don't have the vocal cords. They don't have the opposable thumb. They don't have the ways that we communicate. But they're smart, okay? And... If you watch his videos, it proves it. In fact, one of his iguanas even plays with toys in the yard like a dog or a puppy would. It's, it's, it's amazing. So I'm really excited to have Dave with us tonight. This is one of those episodes that I've really been looking forward to. Um, after the news segment, Steve will be co-hosting with me for the remainder of the show. And uh, after the news segment, we're going to definitely take your calls if you guys would like to call in uh, for, with questions or comments. Uh, please do so. Uh, but before we get started, I have a very special announcement from Amanda Rose Wainer, and she's a, an artist 
uh, that does some just amazing work with uh, reptiles and animal art. So I'm going to go quickly and grab uh, Amanda. And actually, I don't see her in the queue yet. Okay. Um, Amanda, get in the queue if you're listening, okay? But uh, before we get before that, uh, bring out Amanda, what I'll do is I will uh, play our sponsor plug. And um, Gecko Nation Radio would not be possible without our amazing sponsors. Check them out. When you, when you uh, contact them, make sure you mention Gecko Nation Radio, okay? They're going to take care of you. They're going to uh, – I know the AB Dragons, for one, gives you a 5% discount on any order when you type in Gecko at the end of checkout, all right? So, um, but definitely mention Gecko Nation Radio to any of our sponsors and take advantage of uh, whatever they can do for you. Check them out. And that was totally not the right plug. Here it is. Gecko Nation Radio is a David's Fine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. Gecko Nation Radio is sponsored by Dale's Bearded Dragons is your one-stop source for any reptile supply products that you may need from Exoterra, Zoomed, Rapashi, Repcal, Fluker, and much, much more, and all at 20 to 50% cheaper than your local pet store or big chain pet store. They are also the biggest reptile supply distributor at most of the Northeast Expos. Contact them directly online at dalesbeardeddragons.com or message me on Facebook and I'll put you in touch with the owner. Gecko Boa Reptiles is your source for the highest quality leopard gecko morphs and wild types, from white and yellows to radars, amazing tremper morphs, and rare subspecies. John is a world-class breeder and extremely knowledgeable. If you're looking for something truly special in geckos, contact John Scarborough at geckoboa.com and on Facebook. And if you're looking for quality food for your dubia roaches, crickets, mealworms, and superworms, look no further than MS2 Premium Insect Chow. Made with reptiles in mind, it contains no dog food, cat food, or chicken mash. Using only vegetable proteins and high-quality ingredients, MS2 Premium Insect Chow will have your feeders making a beeline for it. Contact ms2ent.weebly.com or... It can also be purchased at Rainbow Mealworms and AB Dragons. Rainbow Mealworms is the largest worm grower in the world and selling to the public since 1956. If you need the highest quality mealworms, superworms, and crickets for your pets, contact them at www.rainbowmealworms.net. abdragons.com is your source for the highest quality dubia roaches. Whether you're starting a colony of your own or just need feeders for your insect-eating herps, abdragons.com can't be beat in quality or price. They are also a huge distributor of FlexWatt reptile heat tape and have very competitive pricing. Check out abdragons.com online and on Facebook. Ohio Gecko is famous for amazing tangerines, snows, and other very unique leopard gecko projects. Thad also has some incredible fat tail morphs available from stingers to starbursts. Visit him online at ohiogecko.com and at Expos in the Northeast. He is also the owner of geckoforums.net. Reptiles Express is the absolute best live animal shipping company with great low rates. Debbie is the queen of customer service and will make sure 
your precious cargo gets to where it needs to. They also have a wide array of shipping supplies from deli cups, snake bags, heat packs, and more. Visit reptilesexpress.com and become a member today. Supreme Gecko is a great source for crested geckos, day geckos, and other species, including micro geckos. Wally Kern is a top-notch breeder and gecko enthusiast. Visit SupremeGecko.com for his available animals and supplies. All right, everybody, we are back. And before the break, I mentioned that Amanda Rose Wainer was coming on to give a special announcement. And here is Amanda. Hi, Amanda. Hey, David. How are you? I just wanted to let everyone... Huh? How are you? Okay. Good. You? (laughs) All right, awesome. Before you tell us what you want to tell us, just uh, briefly for everybody that don't know, let them know what you do and give out your uh, information so they can find you, okay? Oh, sure thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Hi, guys. I'm I'm Amanda Rose Warner. Um, I do a lot of animal illustrations. You can find me on Amanda Rose Warner. uh... Are you there, Amanda? Sorry. I lost connection. (laughs) I'm Amanda Rose Warner, um, concept artist on Facebook. Um, You can also contact me at um, uh, com. Um, I am also here to advertise for the upcup- upcoming uh, RACA event. Um, RACA is holding an auction to raise money to help support the Forever Wild Exotic Animal Sanctuary. The auction will be from April 2nd to the 6th, and they are accepting donations of all kinds. And I'll be doing um, some art, dona- art donating as well. You can find the auction information at www.raaca.net or the Reptile and Amphibian Charity Auctions on Facebook. And I will also be posting links in the comments section below. All, don- all donors, please submit your donations to teamraaca at gmail.com. And I hope to see everybody there. It should be a really fun event, and I'm really looking forward to it. All right, cool. Sounds good, Amanda. I hope it goes really well. And if you need to come on any uh, any other times to, to plug it, just let me know. Sure thing, and thank you so much. Anytime, Amanda. Take care. You too. Okay. All right, guys. Yeah, check out what Amanda's got going on. And um, we do have a few other uh, special announcements that I want to make. Uh, next Sunday, April 6th, is the White Plains uh, Reptile Expo, okay? White Plains, New York. Uh, it's also my birthday. I'm going to be 30 eight years old, hmm. getting up there. <laughs> I hope everybody can make the show. I'll be vending with Steve Barker, all right? Um, I'll, be have, I'll bring, you know, a lot of amazing geckos. And Steve's also going to be bringing some of his own snakes and geckos for sale, and uh, we'll have a lot of nice stuff. So make sure you stop by and see us. Um, another announcement, we're going to be adding a, a position opened up with the show. The show's been growing uh, very well, and I can't, you know, keep up with it all by myself. So we created a position uh, for a media manager, and Marcy from MS2 is going to be taking that position soon. So she's going to be basically handing a lot of the online promotion stuff for the show and um, basically helping to get the word out about our episodes and other things that we're going to be running. So uh, I'm glad that she's feeling well enough to do that, and uh, it's just going to be an honor to have her on on the team with us. So that's going to be great. Also, um, you know, as new... As the show grows further, you know, new positions may become available, and, uh, you know, we may be able to work out uh, 
mutually beneficial arrangements for people that help out the show. So uh, just keep that in mind. I'll, I'll contact people in the future and let people know what the Gecko Nation group, you guys are awesome in that group. And I made a post recently just letting everyone know that, you know, I've been really busy and I'm not able to, you know, keep up with a lot of the questions. Well, we got a lot of questions from a lot of the new people coming into the hobby, which is great. And uh, I'd like to be able to, I like the fact that the group is being able to usher in a lot of new hobbyists and get more people involved. I mean, that's the whole point. So everyone that's helping the new people especially, I uh, just want to thank you all because you're doing it fantastic. And uh, just very positive. Everything's still just drama-free and awesome. Uh, we're going to be adding auctions to the group soon, okay? Now, these auctions, we're going to start with our sponsors, okay, our sponsors for the radio show. Um, I'm going to allow them to start doing some auctions and also some of the show's affiliates. And I'm going to try to structure it in a way where, um, you know, it, it's running auctions and, and keeping everything cool and uh, is, can be tricky. So I'm, this is like a new thing. So I want to start it out and try to run it in a way where um, it's just very secure, uh, you know, scam-free, and just runs good, Okay. So we'll be doing that little by little to see how it goes, and uh, if it doesn't work out, we won't. We'll stop it. If it does work out, great. All right. Uh, keep in mind the FlexWatt Reptile Heat Tape uh, Facebook page is running a contest till the end of April. Uh, share the posts, like the posts, comment, and you're going to be entered into uh, the contest. And uh, you're going to one of the winners. Well, the winner is going to receive some uh, generous supply of FlexWatt that's all wired up and ready to go. So um, share those posts, okay? I made a lot of great posts on there with great pictures. Share them on your page. At the end of the, the uh, cycle, uh, I'll be checking people's pages to, to make sure that the posts are there. And uh, those that have the posts on their wall are going to definitely be entered. So uh, keep that in mind. And uh, we also do the same thing on the Gecko Nation radio page from time to time. I do secret raffles. So, uh, for instance, the post I made yesterday, or, or last uh, week during the week for Dave's show could be uh, a secret raffle. You never know, but you won't know if you're in it unless you share the post. So definitely like, share, and comment. Help us out because uh, the Facebook algorithms have changed, and you know they're really strict. We can't, you know, a lot of people aren't really seeing things unless you pay for them. So we need the we need our fans to help us to, to you know basically spread the word about the shows. We also have a, a Gecko Nation Radio Droid app now. Um, and I'm thinking about uh, bringing on an Apple version, but it's kind of expensive for Apple. But you guys can go to the App Store and download the Gecko Nation Radio app. I'd like to thank uh, Glenn for all his hard work on that, and they did a fantastic job. And uh, I think there's quite a bit of people that have downloaded the app already. Um, so thanks, Glenn. Also, uh, the show uh, with Ray Autry, tonight was supposed to be a double episode. We had to move Ray to next week, okay? So next uh, Tuesday, April 8th, is going to be Ray Autry of Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups, and we're going to be talking about the Texas Rattlesnake Festival uh, that was just held. And I'm going to have J.D. Or, and Justin or both uh, join me as co-hosts for that show. Okay, But this Tuesday, we're going to be doing a show all about leopard geckos with Christy Hausman from Ghoulish Geckos. You guys all know her from Facebook, so make sure you join us. Uh, it's going to be a great show, and we're going to focus on what we all love best, our leopard geckos. And... Uh, but I also want to m mention that, you know, we initially started 
uh, Gecko Nation Radio with the premise to focus heavily on geckos, and that certainly will never change. But I want everyone to understand that our mission is to cover all aspects of it, and we regularly have guests from the snake world and other areas uh, in herpetoculture, okay? And I want to be able to keep the show as diverse as possible. So we're always going to be called Gecko Nation Radio, but we are not limiting our audience's interests by any means, all right? But if you are a hardcore gecko freak, <laughs> like most of us, check this out. Did you know that since 2006, there's been a treasure trove of history and information on leopard geckos and other species? Well, Gecko Forums is the most extensive database of leopard gecko history on the web right now. Take a look and delve into the past, present, and future of this great community. The biggest contributors, breeders, and hobbyists have left their mark there. Now it's your turn. Look, learn, and post away. Need a place to post animals for sale? Look no further. Visit geckoforums.net and become a member today. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to be the official radio show associated with Gecko Forums. That's right, everybody. We are proud. Check out Gecko Forums. All right. Um, all right, guys. I first discovered Dave Durham through his YouTube channel, okay? And you can view all his videos at youtube.com slash user slash bigboy3293. And Big Boy is his big monitor. Uh, I think it's a black throat, if I recall correctly. Um, amazing videos. So we're not going to waste any more time, and we are going to go ahead and bring on Dave. Dave Durham, it's an honor to have you on. Welcome to Gecko Nation Radio. How are you? Uh, pretty good, Dave. How about yourself? I'm going to have to call you David, though, right? Because I'm Dave and you're David. <laughs> no. <laughs> Whatever makes you comfortable. You know, everybody, you know, it seems like uh, a lot of people call me David, but I'm, you know, everyone in my family just calls me Dave. So. Huh. Whatever. Well, I, I'm just trying to keep it straight on the on the show here tonight. That's all. <laughs> okay. I'll be David. You be Dave. Then how's that sound? All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, Dave, it's great to have you with us tonight. And uh, wow, I got to tell you, I'm really impressed over the last few years with everything that you've posted and just everything that you do with your reptiles. It's really amazing. And um, well, thank you. Why don't you tell us some? Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got started in, with reptiles? Well, uh, m myself, I got started when I was very young. And uh, I started with uh, my dad used to give me turtles. And, uh, we, you know, I, I didn't know how to really keep them or anything like that. But since we lived in a place where you could just let them go, we did. I, I grew up in Missouri for the first nine years of my life. And... Uh, I should tell everybody that I'm 58, so I'm from the old school. <laughs> and uh, mm -hmm. when I started uh, collecting reptiles, there was hardly any information at all about reptiles. And uh, even, you know, the biggest libraries that I went to, I, I couldn't find any kind of information. If you looked up green iguana, you would get a green lizard found in the tropics, and that was about it. Or if you looked up a mm -hmm. monitor lizard, you know, you'd get the Komodo dragon, and that would be about it. So I was like, you know, uh, I, I had to learn everything my own self, you know, uh, all on my own. And and uh, yeah. since the schools really didn't have anything to, to do with reptiles as a, uh, you know, when I was younger, uh, I, I decided to just buy the reptiles that I seen, you know, in the in the pet stores and try to learn on my on my own, 
you know, because nobody really knew any information about them. So, you know, I did a lot of things wrong, and then I did a lot of things good. But, you know, I've, I've been with reptiles my entire life, just about. So I, I can't even remember being without a reptile, <laughs> really. I, yeah, I can appreciate that, that very much. I can appreciate that sentiment. And I think, uh, Dave, I, I think you'd probably agree with me that um, being, the, being that you and I both learned that way by, you know, hunting down the information and from hands-on experience, you know, we didn't have the information so readily available. Um, we, I think we, in a sense, earned it. And I, I think that's what uh, makes the old school people really have, you know, just a unique perspective and just a, a unique type of knowledge about reptiles, wouldn't you, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah, I do. And, uh, you know, I'm glad that we have the Internet now to, to really go on and find out more information about them, even though I'm kind of stuck in my own way, you know, uh, of doing it, I, I do find things on the internet that I, I will try, and uh, if it works out, it's great, you know. It's like um, um, when I uh, first started with, uh, you know, I've had a computer since the computer's been out, and uh, when when we first started with the computer, it was AOL, and uh, doing everything, you had to do the dial up, and it was it was quite a mess. But uh, you know, I, I uh, just doing that though. Uh, I was, uh, you know, I met Jeff Lim, and he's the curator of the San Diego Zoo, and, uh, you know, he uh, he did uh, quite a bit of uh, work on the uh, white-throated monitors, and, uh, you know, I gave him the, the records that I had for whenever I started breeding the the, uh, the black throats. Well, black throats and white throats are basically the same, but, um, you know, they're just different habitat, I think, <laughs> to tell you the truth. But, uh, you right. know... Uh, I you know I was able to uh, to help him out and uh, you know when uh, on my first hatch of uh, of uh, baby blackthroats I had uh, 17 babies so you know I thought that was oh, pretty wow. good yeah well the you know he did a study of all the zoos and uh, the the one that got closest to me was the uh, Honolulu Zoo in Hawaii and uh, you know it's like uh, they had 12 babies so. I, I did pretty good on the first. That that was the first uh, that anybody had ever even, you know, uh, started breeding the, the black throats and the and the white throats. So it was uh, wow. It was so back in. You were the, the first one to breed them in captivity. Well, I would, I'm not going to say I was the first one. There was another guy named Rodney Williams, and then there was there was uh, quite a few, uh, you know, like zoos that did it too. You know, so okay. I was just one of the. Uh, one of the people here, I couldn't, you know, um, like keep track of everybody that was doing it, you know. Uh, right. Rodney right. Williams, Frank Reitz, uh Bob Larson, and uh, Dave Durham, that's me. Uh, we're all mentioned in the 1998 Reptiles magazine where he did an a article on white-throated monitors. So that, that was uh, awesome. a while back. Yeah. So yeah. you know, I've I've had uh, black throats ever since then, and I've had uh, several. I don't know how, about how many, but I've had quite a few, and uh, they're one of my favorite lizards. Black throats are just Absolutely. because they get now so big. So, <laughs> yeah. Right, right, and yeah, we're going to get into the specifics about your collection um, after the news. But I'm going to go ahead and bring on Steve now, and uh, okay. we're going to do our news segment. All right. So hang tight, everybody. Right. Here comes Steve.
Good evening, Gekonians. <laughs> there he is. What's up, Steve? Not much. What's going on? Hello, How you Steve. doing, Dave? Hi. Dave? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm David for tonight. He's Dave. All right. Hey, I'm doing fine. Yourself? Oh, great. Great. Wait, I'm waiting for the warmer weather. We got snow again today. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Uh, not you. We, not we, had rain. we just had rain. Oh, really? Yeah. We had rain oh. out here, too. About probably 30 miles from me got 10 inches oh, last God. night. Yeah, I can't, be- I can't believe it. I only got a couple <laughs> inches, so <laughs> I got uh, I got a, l- a little bit lucky. Over? I know. Jeez. All right, before we start the news, I want to tell everybody, or last week we had we talked about the Illinois Herp Act, which looked right. like it was all in our favor. So I just mm-hmm. want to let everybody know, Wednesday night at 6 o'clock on Herpin' Time, they are going to have, let's see, on this episode of Herpin' Time Radio, we will welcome guest Scott Ballard, who serves as the Illinois State Herpetologist. Scott is going to explain the details of SB 902, which is the bill we talked about last week, which is a herp-friendly bill that is currently in the Illinois Senate subcommittee. And I'm just hoping this sets, you know, a standard, hopefully, for more states to follow. I'm hoping, because a lot of it was in our favor. Good. But... Yeah, that's going to be a great show, and uh, yeah. yeah, we'll definitely tune in. And that's another thing I forgot to mention in the beginning of the show, but yes, Serpentine Radio is our affiliate, everyone. So um, Justin and JD do a great job with a very diverse amount of uh, type of guests and shows, so definitely check them out. Every yeah. Wednesday night at 6, 6 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time. Yep, on Block. For sure. Yeah, that'll be a great show. Yeah, that's cool. All right, so let's get into the horrible news. <laughs> oh, no. No yeah. more. Oh. All right. This has been going around, I think, for years now, and it's back again. Python eats drunk man in India. So, oh, my here, God, this thing again? It's It's come around again. <laughs> so in this article... It says, if you doubt the truth of a snake eating a drunk man, then I suggest you check out the video of a python eating a crocodile. And if you think the threat may only be real in India, then you might want to consider the 150-pound Burmese python snake that was captured in Florida. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Right. 150-pound Burmese would have to be at least what, 16, 17 feet long. Yeah, I think it was. I think it was. Wasn't it an 18-footer? I think, or close to it. Mm-hmm. But all right. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Brooke said, something, <laughs> Brooke said something funny. She says, "The moral of the story: Don't get drunk. Well, don't get drunk and fall asleep <laughs> outside, right? I mean, <laughs> yeah, really. In in India." <laughs> all right this all right. next next story I, I i this it's like five years old and i don't know why they're re, re doing this but 
pythons, an unstoppable force in the Florida Everglades. And this article basically just tells us all the stuff that we've heard five years ago about the 100,000 pythons that are calling the Everglades home. It's all the same information, and I don't... There was nothing, absolutely nothing new in, in the article, but it well, is they a new wanna, They want to keep it on everybody's minds, you know. They, want, they don't want anybody oh, to forget yeah. about it. While they, you know, that's what their mission is. Horrible. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Jeez. So, in this one, all right, a Melbourne Australian grandmother is lucky to be alive after she was almost strangled to death by a pet carpet python. Now, oh my God! Yeah, to be honest with you, all right. Let me just let me go. Keep going. All right. <laughs> she was on the phone when the two-meter-long snake, nicknamed Scoot, wrapped itself around her neck and began to choke her. As she tried to call for help, the snake squeezed tighter, stopping her air supply. She thought she was going to die. Sharon believes she was strangled for more than 90 seconds. An ambulance took her to Box Hill Hospital with neck injuries and, and blurred vision. Paramedics told Sharon she was just seconds away from death. Okay. Sharon said Scoot had been in the family for over two years and had never attacked. Now... Nowhere in the article did it say that she was bitten by the snake. Anywhere in the article. She was not bitten by the snake. So I don't know where the attack came from. <laughs> well, obviously, I'll, I'll tell you what happened, what really happened. She's probably got, she's probably looking, hmm, jeez. There's got to be more of the story. Maybe she got in a fight with her husband or something, and she's trying to play it off like, you know, I don't know. Maybe she got one of those abusive husbands. Who knows? But uh, yeah, there's something that doesn't make sense with that story. No, snake don't have to bite though to to kill something. That's for sure. Oh no, no. But they don't. But, they don't but just jump on you. Right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it's just it's just a horror story that they're trying to to mislead the public with. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, a lot of constrictors they hold on tighter just to hold on. You know. They're 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 not like I can put a you know a ball python on my wrist and they could squeeze you pretty good, but they're not trying they're not attacking me you know yeah. that's that's the thing that's kind of funny in this is that they're calling it an attack. <laughs> Probably just don't want to fall. Right, that's it. That's yeah. that's the way I looked at it was it didn't want to fall. Yeah. Um, now, snake expert Paul Stokes has warned handlers about resting pythons around the shoulders and neck area. They're a snake and can constrict very tightly. Don't put them around your neck, is what he says. <laughs> I don't know. It just it just sounded, I don't know. <laughs> the, the attack There's more to the story. is what got me. Yeah. So, and that was in Melbourne, Australia. So our next story, in Prescott, Arizona, Rick Jones was found by his wife nearly strangled by his pet python. 
Mr. Jones had fallen asleep watching television when the python escaped its enclosure and attacked the man. His wife found him with the four-foot ball python around his neck. Fearing for her life, she ran from the house screaming, It's going to eat me. Oh, my God. This was a four-foot-long ball python? Yep. This is even more absurd than than the last story. (laughs) Might as well have just been a gopher snake. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. A Uh, rubber boa. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) All right. Um, Okay. Former Animal Planet (laughs) CEO sent for illegal lizard sale. Yeah. All right. Donald Schultz, the former host of a popular Animal Planet TV show featuring some of the world's most deadly creatures, was sentenced to California Federal Court on Tuesday to community service and $9,000 in fines for selling two endangered lizards online. Schultz had pleaded guilty last year to trying to sell the Desert Monitor lizards to an undercover federal agent who answered a 2010 online ad seeking $3,000 for the reptiles. The former host of Animal Planet's Wild Recon was charged with one count of violating the Endangered Species Act, a federal law that protects the and recovers imperiled species and ecosystems. So, you know, it's Animal Planet's really starting to, you know, be on the news a lot lately. Hmm. <laughs> I hate that station. I know. It used to be my favorite channel yeah. years yeah. ago. Well, when Steve was on it. Yeah. The other Steve. <laughs> yeah. 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 They tried yeah. to get me on it not too long ago. But, oh, really? Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to decline because, uh, I, I don't know, I, I've been seeing a lot of different things I don't like about them. <laughs> yeah, and you never know if they're going to twist, you know, what whatever, I don't know what your show would be about, but they can always twist it to look worse than, you know, what things are. Yeah. 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 But I know we we had uh not that long ago another Animal Planet, I can't remember T V show, but uh oh it was Call of the Wild Man. Um oh, yeah. we're under investigation for animal cruelty. I don't know if you remember that. It was a couple months ago I think. But they're starting to come on a little a little more often with the Animal Planet shows or at least something to do with Animal Planet, the host or whatever. But I'm glad they caught them, though. <laughs> All right. Last week, we had a guy that made out with a snapping turtle. I don't know if you remember that. So, oh, yeah. Common snapping turtle abandoned in Dartford Street in the U.K. An animal conservationist wants laws on the sale in some rare breeds to be tightened after rescuing a dangerous turtle abandoned in the street. And it was a common snapping turtle, but this is exactly what we're going through with the Burmese pythons. You know, and, yeah. and 
you know, in any species being released, that's what it's going to result in is uh, is us not having them. Right. But so now they're going to start going through that. I mean, they already are, but this doesn't help. But that was just a common snapping turtle um, that they're calling dangerous, which it could be in the wrong hands. Could be you could lose a finger. Right. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. I've played with enough snapping turtles, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. They, if they get a hold on you, they couldn't definitely take a finger off. But, you know, don't have your hand anywhere near, near the business end of it. You're all right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Alligator snappers are one of my favorite turtles. Oh, oh they're yeah. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah, they are. I love how big they get. Yeah. yeah. That's really? a, that, the Staten that's Island a, Zoo here has an amazing one. They're the largest freshwater species, aren't they? Uh, yeah, I yeah, think so. I believe I think so. They are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And our last story, also in the UK, a two-foot-long iguana was found in Newport. The householder was surprised, to say the least, when she discovered the two-foot-long lizard strolling around her garden after re- realizing he was harmless, and she was able to catch him and confine him in a box. She called the RSPCA, and they're looking for the owner so they can return it. That's okay. a two-foot-long two iguana. Somebody mentioned, messaged me on Facebook uh, yesterday, and uh, they live in New York City somewhere, and they said that they saw a, a gecko walking on the sidewalk, and they asked me, is it the the right time of year for the geckos to come out. And I said, well, hold on a second. They're not even native to New York. I said, obviously, somebody uh, lost their pet or released it. But they said, yeah, yeah they, they saw they saw a gecko walking around on the sidewalk. Hmm. Wow. As far as I know, there's no native geckos in New York. I'm pretty positive no, no, about that. Yeah, there's none. And this was I've in the video list. There's some in California. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I've yeah. never heard of any in New York. <laughs> Too cold. Yeah, right. <laughs> especially right now. Yeah. All right, so let's give the re- recap. Python eats drunk man. <laughs> Python's an unstoppable force in the Florida Everglades. Grandmother attacked by carpet python. Killer ball python. (laughs) Former Animal Planet TV host sentenced. And snapping turtle abandoned. And two-foot iguana found in Newport. That's the recap. Okay. All right. I'm looking in the chat room. Let's see what you guys think. Uh, Dave, which story do you think is the false one? I would have to go with the ball python around the neck. (laughs) Yeah, I think so, too. I was either going to say the ball python or the iguana walking around in the U.K., but, uh, yeah, I think the, the <laughs> I think the ball python is, is false. Yeah, um, let's see what they say in the chat room. Brooke says the ball python. Sean says the killer ball python. Elsa says uh, the granny python. What's the granny python? That's um, the, car- the carpet python. Oh, the carpet. Yeah, yeah the okay. carpet. Yeah. 
Yeah, actually, I think that one's true. I think there's someone that's stupid to call in something like that. But all right, Steve, which one is the false story? But all right, I was just trying to have some fun with the ball python. So. <laughs> <laughs> I yep. figured I had, I had to put it on there, you know, just. <laughs> yep, the ball python's fake, though. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> oh. All right. Well, that was a we good also guess. have yeah, this coming, folks. And now, a moment in herp history. All right, on December fourth. 1950, in Philadelphia, the city zoo recovered two of its prized snakes that were stolen from their cages by a teenage boy who took took them home under his sports jacket. The escapades came to light when the boy's father, having read about the missing reptiles and suspecting his son's growing collection, he he called the zoo. So, the boy, the boy pulled the, the it was a ball python. I'm assuming it was a typo because it it talks about how it curls up or balls up when it's afraid. So I'm assuming it's a ball python. Pulled the mm-hmm. python from its cage, stuffed it under his jacket, and hitchhiked home. Then the next day, taking advantage of the relative quiet. Of lunchtime at the zoo, the boy crept through an underguarded doorway to a cage housing a three-foot-long, two-inch-thick emerald boa. Not poisonous, but a furious biter when aroused. The admiring boy unlooped the boa from a branch and thrust it as he had the python under his jacket. He traveled part of the way home on a crowded streetcar. There was no prosecution. They let him go because he returned him. <laughs> but... Now that was that was a young Ron Tremper that did all that, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah really. Uh, but that was no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> December fourth, nineteen fifty. Okay. Oh, that that Ron isn't that old to be doing that anyway. Okay. <laughs> I think he's well. Maybe he was born in nineteen fifty. I think he's sixty now, Ron. Something like that. Hmm. Wow. Well. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, the rest of the show, folks, we are uh, going to have Steve as our co-host. And uh, so, Steve, just just hang with us. Um, All right. Let's go ahead and bring bring you out of news anchor mode. Okay, that's Steve's cue to become regular Steve. And uh, <laughs> all right, let's get into our interview with Dave now, Dave. Um, before we get into this unique bond and communication skills that you have with your lizards, let's talk about the species that you're currently keeping. What, what do you have over there now? What do I have over here? Um, mm-hmm. I think I have 15 lizards right now. And that's uh, mm-hmm. uh, a little more than what I want, but uh, a couple of people, you know, didn't want some of the lizards that I had that were captive born and uh, well they want them but they just haven't got them yet so I'm still taking care of them so uh, okay. I have uh, I have uh, the green iguanas and I think I have about uh, five or seven of them and then I have um, 
I have three Cayman brack iguanas. They're the rock iguanas. And I have a, a, a rhino, one rhino iguana named Bruce. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> I have I have a blue tail monitor, a savannah monitor, a bearded dragon, and I have a black goat named Big Boy. And uh, I've had him for quite a while, over 14 years Big now. Big Boy. So, yeah. How big is Big Boy now? Well, he's over five feet long, and uh, the last time I weighed him, which has been about a year, uh, he was 55 pounds. And oh, I wow. heard they're not. Wow. I heard, yeah, I heard they're not supposed to get that big, but my monitors seem to get that big, and uh, I don't know what it's. You know, it's like they say you're you're feeding them too much or whatever, but uh, I don't think it's that because I really don't feed Big Boy until he asks to be fed, and he asks to be fed by coming up to me and opening his mouth and acting like he's going to bite me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I give him something, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, he, he's uh, he's been uh, with me for quite a while, and uh, he's one of the great lizards here. And um, that's about it. I don't have – that's the, the species I'm carrying right now. Oh, I have two tortoises. Uh, I have Killer, the big uh, – 150 pound cicada, and I have uh, a little desert tortoise. That's about mm-hmm. probably 10 pounds, maybe. I don't even think 10 pounds, maybe six pounds. But okay. it's a little little desert tortoise. Now, why don't you explain to people how you have them set up? Now, um, you have your yard actually sectioned off into different areas. Uh, tell us how you have them uh, able to cohabitate outside. Well, uh, I have uh, the the shed, which I call the lizard barn, and it's a eight by eight uh, shed. And uh, I built that whenever I I built the rest of the outdoor enclosure. And uh, they 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 are able to go in and out of the barn basically on their own free will, unless I lock them in because I think it's going to be too cold, you know. But if it's nice and sunny, then I'll leave the door open, and uh, they'll come out and go back in whenever it gets cold most of the time. There has been some times whenever they, they won't go back in, and, uh, you know, I, I've had a couple problems with that. But, um, you know, uh, Buddy stays outside. He's in a separate area of the yard because he will tear up any of the other lizards that he can get a hold of. <laughs> I don't know why, but he's you know he's like that. He's real aggressive, so he stays in the backyard and he has he goes into the barn too. But I have that sectioned off where you know he has like a little uh, area in the barn where he can go in and get warm, and then come out whenever he wants. He has a doggy door that he can go through, and uh, I never uh, never lock him in it. You know he's he's in and out on his own free will. So he, uh, he's pr- he's probably just spoiled. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. And maybe a bit territorial, perhaps, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I think he just—I think he wants to mate with the other iguanas, you know. And uh, I'm trying to get the the two uh, smaller uh, ones that I hope are female, Gracie and Sophie, to grow, but I can't get them to grow. I don't—I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Uh, they're in the same cage as the other ones, and they get the same kind of food, you know. I don't know if it's the the wrong food, or I don't think it could be the wrong food, though, because you know it's, it's just iguana pellets and then whatever greens and and uh, veggies you know that I can give them. But uh, you know, if you look at my uh, captive 
born red iguana tiger. She's over four feet long right now, and she's two years old. So you know, and she eats the oh. same thing as as they eat. You know, so and the same with with Bruce. You know, you can see how big Bruce has gotten. They all live in the same cage, so I don't know what the deal is. I think I think myself that lizards and snakes grow just like people do. Some are big and some are large. You know, that's basically yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah. You know? but Could be. I, yeah. What do you think, Dave? Um, uh, how smart do you think reptiles are, just in general? Well, I think they're pretty smart. Uh, I, myself, I think the alligator and the crocodile is probably the smartest, you know. But um, mm-hmm. I, I also think that the the monitors and uh, the iguanas are pretty smart, and uh, just you know, it's just. It's hard to measure because you can't. Uh, you have to train them kind of like a cat, you know, not like a dog. You, you train them more like a cat, and you have to reward them and and work with them on a constant basis. I think, you know, but once you start right. working with them and, and keep working with them, they'll uh, they'll do things for you. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the video where I I, I put on a few videos. I took some off where I was getting uh, Buddy to jump through the hoop on the. Uh, I had a tire, you know, that I, I kind of, I, yes. I just went down and bought a bicycle tire and I painted it black and white, and then uh, I'd have call him and he'd get jump up on the ramp and go through the hoop, you know. So, yeah, uh, I, 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 uh, I think if you work with them on a constant basis, and then, then they're pretty smart, you know. But myself, uh, I took a job. I'm a retired iron worker, and I took a job uh, in a factory. And it was supposed to be night, so that I could work with these animals during the day. And then the job switched it up on me, and now they're working me days. So it's a little harder for me to uh, to work with them on a constant basis. But as <laughs> as you can okay. tell, with like Buddy, you know, and and Big Boy, uh, I have plenty of videos where they don't even see me, and I call them, and they'll come to me, you know. So well, that, that's I, what I, I was going to ask you next. Yeah, that's what, that was my next question. How do you now, now in your videos you get them to come to you by calling their names? And I, I want to make it clear to everyone: it's not like these lizards um, are are responding to any noises he's making because they think they're going to get food or something. He'll call. You'll call that an, an individual uh, individual's name, and that particular lizard will come. Correct, Dave? Yeah. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I'm training Gracie. Uh, you know, she's in training, too. I kind of ruined her training, though, because she didn't like me grabbing her when I'd call her up to me, and I'd grab her, <laughs> and she don't like that. But she uh, she still comes to me, you know, whenever I call her. It's just that um, I think that um, I don't know if it's their name that they understand or just the uh, – I, I don't know about that part. You know, I, all I know is that um, – Whenever I call them, they'll come to me, and uh, if you can see in the video, uh, there'll be two or three of them around, and I call one, and they'll come to me. And just like uh, I used to have a lizard named Gil, a Savannah Monitor, and uh, he died on me last year, and uh, I really, you know, I hated to see that, but that was a a lizard that was given to me by my grandson, and uh, I really didn't want to take on another lizard, you know, especially a monitor, but after six months of him saying hey take him take him take him i finally took him you know and uh i i would call gil (laughs) 
just any time, man. And that that little guy would come running to me, you know. And I, I thought he was a really. I I really thought Savannahs were were really smart after uh, working with Gail, you know. And and I have another Savannah here right now. Someone gave me, and uh, I'm I'm going to be working with it. But you know, it's still kind of uh, feisty. So I kind of am. You know, since I'm not working nights like I was when I got the Savannah monitor, I'm kind of letting him calm down in the front room with me, you know. So I do that a lot. I, You know, like I did that with Blue, you know. I kept Blue right next to me so I could just go over and pet him anytime I wanted to, and eventually he got tame, you know. And he's still pretty tame, but sometimes Blue is my blue tail monitor, and sometimes uh, he gets a little feisty with me, you know. He, he does real good on a leash, you know, if I put him on a leash, and he's fine. But uh, just going in and grabbing him or something like that, sometimes he don't like it, and he'll try to bite me. But most um, of the time, he's have you ever good. been bitten by? Have you ever been bitten by any of the big monitors? Oh yeah, I've been bitten by almost all of them. <laughs> Not the ones I have currently, but uh, you know, I bought a seven foot one from Prehistoric Pets one time, and uh, he got me on the thumb, and he weighed about fifty pounds. He was a Verna Salvatore. And uh, he put about 19 stitches in my my thumb, and uh, I had to sit on him for like, well, not you know like sit on him, sit on him, but he he weighed 50 pounds, you know, so he was a big lizard. I had to like sit on him and hold his hold his head so that he wouldn't pop my thumb off, because <laughs> he would have just took it right wow. off. Wow! But uh, it took about a half hour for him to let it go, but he finally let it go, and uh, and then I've been bitten by you know rattlesnakes and. Uh, and uh, rock iguanas and green iguanas and uh, Nile monitors. I've been bitten because I, I try not to – I use gloves sometimes in the beginning or, or full leathers, you know. Like when I had Phil, uh, he was completely wild when I got him, so I had to dress in full leathers just to get him out of the cage, you know what I mean? He's a big Varanus mm-hmm. Salvatore that I had. And, uh mm-hmm. And then after, you know, after a couple of weeks of that, I, I try to get rid of the gloves and just do everything by hand because that way they have such a, uh, a good sense with their tongue that it, when they hit you with their tongue, they know who you are right off the bat, you know. Right. And uh, that, that's why I try not to use gloves any time. So I get bit a lot, you know. But, you know, that's just part of owning big reptiles. <laughs> you know, you just laugh it off if you can. <laughs> you know? I, uh, you know, growing up, I used to get bit by iguanas and everything, and I, I got to the point where it didn't even bother me as much anymore. Is that kind of how you're at, too? Like, when you get bit, you're not even shocked? Uh, yeah, really. Um, like, I, I don't care if, I, if, like, Blue was to bite me. He's like a shredder because he has, like, needle-sharp teeth, and they're about a quarter-inch long. And uh, or up to three eight, some of them, you know, and they just shred you. He's only bit me like twice, I think, maybe maybe only once. I, I can't remember, but um, you know, it, it, the needles uh, and the, the shredding, you know, made me bleed a lot. But you know, since I work with my hands, I have to be careful of him not hurting my hands to where I can't work. You know what I mean? So right. that's, that's that's the only thing. But you know. Uh, that reminds me, when I used to uh, collect toke geckos, I used to buy them by the dozen, just about. <laughs> I could tame one down in like five minutes by letting them bite on my finger, 
right whenever I get them. I just let them bite on my finger, just stick my finger in the mouth. And let them. After a while, about five minutes, they quit biting. they just like, there's no sense biting this guy, you know. That's how I tame them. <laughs> uh, I mean, how did you I know Bruce, it's Brutus. How'd I tame Bruce. him? Yeah, uh, he was mean when I had him. He hated me. <laughs> I I just handle I handle all my reptiles whenever you know, and I I like to get intense for about a week or two, right right off the bat, you know, and uh, and I'll just work with that one animal for that you know length of time until they just quit biting me. And uh, Bruce, um, he, you know, he was kind of like a bluffer, kind of like Blue. Blue's a bluffer, you know. He always opens up his mouth like he's going to bite, but he won't bite, you know what I mean? But <laughs> you, don't, you don't know when he's going to bite, so you have to be careful, you know. And uh, Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I thought Bruce was, uh, was kind of easy for me. Um, but, I, you know, I did the same thing. I kept him in the house for like six months i think you know and he was right right next to my uh chair and i could always just go over and pet him and you know uh associate with him put pick him up you know and uh hold him and you know feed him and uh i, think I remember that's, seeing uh, that you used to sit on a chair with him on your chest and you used to pet him yeah yeah that's basically what what you do with lizards that's what i do with the lizards when i want them to be tamed down you know I mean, Buddy, right. he was a he was a monster when I got him. If you ever had a big rock iguana charge you, you know, <laughs> full force with their mouth open, their mouth can open like six or eight inches, you know, and uh, you, you know, it's uh, it's pretty scary. But you know, you can't be scared of them. That's another thing. You can't be scared of these animals because I think they can sense that, you know. Yes, I do too. Uh, we have a, we have a caller on the line for you, Dave. Let's go ahead and take this call. Uh, okay. so caller from the 432 area code, I think I know who this is. You're live on Gecko Nation Radio. Hi, guys. This is Daryl. How y'all doing tonight? Hey, good, Pretty Darryl. good, Daryl. How are you? Great. Yeah, you know, uh, Dave, you're pretty impressive messing with these big, uh, big, mean, nasty lizards. Uh, how do you, uh... How did you get started with them in the first place? I, I missed the beginning of the show. You probably went over that, but... Uh, how, how did you get started with them, and then uh, what do you tell people? You know, there's a lot of people that will go out there and get an impulse buy and get a baby savannah or something like that and don't realize that it's going to be, you know, a monster when it grows up and, and nasty. Do you have any advice for somebody thinking about getting one? Well, uh, yeah, that is a good question. I, I myself uh, started... Uh, probably when I was in my early 20s with monitor lizards. So I, I've been raising them for quite a while. But um, the thing that I uh, I don't like to do is tell people what they can and can't do. You know, if somebody wants to go out and get a Savannah monitor, you know, they're going to learn, uh, you know, sooner. I, I mean, I don't want the animal to, to be hurt or injured because you see them all the time, you know. Right. But, but the people are going to do it, and if you've ever seen a... a, a uh, a reptile skin slaughterhouse, then, you know, it's either going to go to being a skin or it's going to go to a pet store, one of the two, you know. And, right. Uh, uh, I, you know, if somebody gets one, I just hope that they uh, they realize that, you know, you have to take some time with them. A lot, of, a lot of people just put them in a little cage and say, look, I got a big lizard, you know what I mean? <laughs> and that's, that's not good, you know. I don't like it, but, you know, some people, you know, uh, 
who's to say that the the person that's going to go out and buy one isn't going to be really good with them? You know what I mean? So I, I don't like to tell people not to buy them myself. You know, uh, I I really you know, and and then also uh, I don't like to tell them how to take care of them because. Uh, you know, if they ask me on on YouTube, I get a lot of people asking me. I'll tell them how I take care of them, but sure. uh, I don't like to tell them because these animals are amazing and they can live in all kinds of conditions. That's why I've had free roam lizards for a long time, and I know a lot of people don't like free roam lizards because of humidity and uh, temps and stuff like that. But uh, I don't know. I, I I really don't have too much of a problem with them. You know, as far as being free roaming. And and also, uh, I don't think they're mean and nasty. I think they're scared. Well, you're really probably correct. You're, yeah, I, I agree with that as well. You know, we're we're a predator, and and that animal is is seeing us as getting ready to eat them. That's basically what it is. You have to. Yeah, and it's defense. I I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah, you have to teach I, them I that you're not going to hurt them. Right, and I I think that's where you. Uh, come across a lot different than most of the people that are keeping them and that's probably why you have the success that you do yeah well thanks that's from that's probably from being with them for over 30 years <laughs> well it's just like anything else the, the longer you do it the better you get at it in my opinion yeah well i love i love these animals and uh, i don't want them to be treated wrong or anything like that but i'm not going to be able to stop the pet trade you know and uh no i, I no, think the pet I think the pet trade is good in a way because uh, these animals might be able to, you know, in the long run, live in certain conditions that they normally don't live in in the, in the natural environment. You know, they maybe they can come out. You know, I mean, I, I've rescued hundreds, hundreds of reptiles, and I can see how skinny. I mean, blue my uh, my blue tail monitor. The bones were coming through his tail whenever I bought him, and I paid over four hundred bucks for him. So, right. you know, but uh, I couldn't tell that on the Internet, you know, that the, the bones were just coming right through his skin, you know. But I've rescued big pythons and stuff, too, that uh, people didn't take care of, and, and they all came out of it, you know. It's just right. that uh, the people, if you're going to buy a reptile, I think you should have kind of a passion for it, you know. Exactly. Any animal, any animal for that. <clears throat> Yeah, I think the the people that do, you know, that's the there's two sides of the fence. It's it's the people that that love it and do it because that's what they enjoy and and uh, they're into it. And then the other side of the fence is the impulse buy. Whenever they see it and they think, oh, that's cool, and they buy it, and you know, a month down the road or six months down the road or whatever, you know, they're like, oh my gosh, what have I got myself into? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, well, without doing any due diligence and trying to figure out, you know. What what is this thing? Yeah, oh yeah, it's cute. It's a foot long right now, or eighteen inches, or whatever. You know, how big is it going to get? They don't realize that, you know, the thing could be six, seven foot down the road. Really, really. So, yeah. Well, people yeah. should, you know, people should uh, do their research before they buy any reptiles. But you're not going to be able to stop it. You know, people not doing their research. Or, like you say, there's a lot of impulse buyers. You know. Sure, sure. So. Well, heck of a deal, wow. man. Cool. I, uh, I'll go ahead. No, I was just going to say thanks, Daryl, and I just wanted to let everybody know that Daryl is the new, is one of our new admins in uh, the Gecko Nation group. So uh, I'm labeling him as the enforcer. So just uh, <laughs> everybody. Yeah, I'm scary. I'm, I'm a scary guy. 
There you go. Hey, Dave, keep up, keep up keep up the good work, and uh, and and you too, Dave, on those lizards, and and uh, that's really cool. I like seeing it, and uh, anyway, y'all keep up the good work, and uh, well, I, I like uh, I I I want to show people on the YouTube. That's the reason I got on it that these animals aren't as dangerous as people think they are, you know. And and they right. can be they can be really tame, you know. No matter how uh, people look at them, you know, as far as getting one that's uh, that's kind of ornery, you know, they can be tamed down. It just sometimes it takes a little bit of work, you know. So. Yeah, all, all of us can be ornery every once in a while. So <laughs> I think that's just it goes with the territory, but. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're married, well, all right, guys, well, I'll get out of y'all's hair, and I'll continue to listen, and y'all hang in there. All right, thank you. All right, thanks, thanks, man. All right, let's see. Go ahead, Steve. What do you have for uh, Dave tonight? I want to know, how did you find out Buddy liked toys? Because yeah, I think that's, that's just cool. <laughs> well, yeah. um, Buddy, I don't know. Buddy's got a unique personality, I think. The guy's... Nuts. Definitely. <laughs> uh, I started. Uh, I started playing. I, I did a few uh, videos of. Uh, it was called fishing for uh, iguanas, and I would. Uh, I would tie grubs onto a like a cloth uh, thread, you know, and uh, I would let him chase me around with the, uh, you know, uh, I'd pull the grub and then he'd chase me, you know, and then I'd like pull it up in the air and he'd jump up after it and then you know sooner or later he'd get the grub you know but uh that's that's how i started him on the, the toys you know <laughs> nice that is but, so uh, cool i know i'm probably first... gonna do probably gonna do the same thing with bruce too as soon as uh i'm planning on on building him a, a different yard uh right on the other side of the the brick the red brick and uh, I'm gonna probably do the same thing with Bruce, you know, because he seems pretty smart. So, what are oh, your? Uh, yeah. It, it, you have? Do you have neighbors nearby? Oh yes, I live in in a neighborhood. Yes. What What do your neighbors think? <laughs> uh, not really anything. Uh, you know, that's funny because um, I told David one time that uh, you know my lizards don't ever get out, right? Well, last year when I was going for this. Uh, job interview after I retired I was going for this job interview I was at the job interview and it took like four hours you know it was a long time my wife called me at the job interview and she told me my lizards are out and they're over in my neighbor's yard you know and I'm like oh no you know and I'm trying to you know I'm trying to rush through this job interview and everything and uh, uh, I finally I, uh, I get done with the job interview and I come home and they had dug a hole you know underground and i put concrete all the way around the cage so they can't dig really you know and then i put river rock in there but somehow they dug a hole i think a, a piece of the concrete broke or something and they dug a hole into my neighbor's uh yard and they were they went over there but by the time i got home they had already come back home <laughs> all, all three of them <laughs> nice. were in, in the barn so it's, yeah that's, they, that's amazing yeah, they like, they, uh, like, they know uh, where it's good. I'm pretty like, sure. Like like uh, kids kids playing like they didn't do anything wrong. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. I came home and I'm where are they at? Where are they at? You know, and then I go in the barn and they're all in there. You know, they're all in there so. whistling. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. You recently had a. Dave, you, re- you recently had a National Geographic special. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm supposed to be on the National Geographic sometime this year, but uh, they've been telling me that now for a year. So I, I really, you know, it's like I'm uh, I'm going to be throwing up some uh, video of uh, when they came out and, and did the shoot, you know. But uh, I don't know. I, I've had people on my YouTube tell me that they're watching it over in, uh, where was it? Um, Ireland. Uh, in the, well, Ireland and... Uh, another place uh um turkey turkey ireland and turkey so it's like you know i i think they might be playing it uh in europe first and then they they might be bringing it over here but you know I'll, i will definitely post it on uh facebook and youtube whenever they decide to unless they threw it on the mm-hmm. cutting room floor you know and decide not to bring it over here or something i, I don't really know you know and that, and then that's another thing. That's one reason why I didn't go with the Animal Planet because they, uh, um, you know, National Geographic was at the house for like nine hours, and I, you know, I, I'm talking about I had to stand for over an hour and a half to give like an interview, you know, and had to stand in one sp- one place, and, and then plus do all the all the calling and stuff uh, with the lizards and. Uh, video and big boy and and all that so it took over nine hours it was a full day you know and the producer Mm -hmm. flew out from washington dc and everything so uh, i thought it was a pretty big uh deal and i tried to get uh i wanted my wife and my grandson to video you know them videoing me right and uh Mm -hmm. i guess uh you know they they were too excited and they just got a little bit of video but you know i'll I'll throw it up on facebook on you know today or tomorrow you know let everybody see but it was it was interesting you know and i thought you know that might be uh a, a good show i made sure that you know whenever i signed the contract that they wouldn't say anything negative about reptiles in the show so that was, that was one nice. of the things i wanted you know oh that's that's oh, just, huge uh, here's a um here's an update just don't need to jump in but uh sean from heavy duty reptiles in the group found found your your nat geo special dave is actually on on YouTube right now, it's um, it's it's on uh, it's on the Geo Wild Two channel, so you can yeah, uh, yeah the link is in the group, so you can actually watch your video on YouTube. So here it, it's in there for you. Um, well, they better send me a video because they better send me a video because they said they was going to. <laughs> <laughs> no. Thanks, Sean, for finding that for us. That's yeah, great. thanks, Sean. I've been yeah, asking gonna, people uh, on my YouTube. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to save it. I'm going to watch it, too, after the show tonight. Um, awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Guys, check out his YouTube spe- uh, his, his Net Geo special. Hey, Dave, uh, one of the one of the things, you, you have this very unique bond with your animals, and I want to ask you, do you think, uh, besides your training techniques, um, do you think that there's an un- unseen sort of mental component, like uh, not telepathy, but like just a like an unspoken thing that there's a connection that you have with these lizards that just, uh, you know, that just other people just don't have. They, like, there's a little, something a little special, that, that um, this connection. What do you think? Do you think there's a possibility that could be going on, too? Well, I don't know. Uh, like a telepathy type thing? Um, I don't know. I think that my main deal is uh, I, 
I'd show the lizards uh, or the reptiles or any animal for that. You know, I just released that possum that I caught, and, uh, you know, I, I, possums would calm down to me in 30, 40 minutes, you know, and I could be petting them and doing whatever. So, um, but any animal that I get, I try to show them that I'm not going to hurt them. That's the main thing, you know, because I'm pretty sure that animals, every, no matter how big they are, we are the top predator. And they're they're thinking mm-hmm. that they're going to be dinner, you know. So to right. me, uh, showing kindness is is basically the best thing to tame down an animal. I remember when I used to tame uh, ten, fifteen foot pythons. You know, uh, it was really hard at first, you know, because uh, you know they, they they will grab you and you know when they bite you on the arm, you know you're being bit by a by an animal, you know. And they'll take. I've had them take me down to the ground before, you know. And uh, mm-hmm. after a while, though, of handling them and showing them, you know, that I'm not going to hurt them, they're just like any other uh, pet snake, you know. And these were wild caught, you know, 10 and 15 footers, you know. So, they, it, right. it, you know, I, I guess just showing them the kindness is the main thing, you know, that you're not going to hurt them. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, and how long do you think it takes to, to get them secure and calm with you? Like, I mean, is it different for each species? And uh, also, which was the easiest one? It's the easiest species for you to train. Well, um, green iguanas and the toke gecko, I guess. <laughs> toke geckos are real <laughs> easy to, to tame down. But um, I think that uh, the green iguanas are, are really easy to tame down, you know. Uh, and I don't know, I, I really don't have a... An answer for that uh, usually takes me if I if I start working with one I can do it probably in about two weeks to where they're not biting me you know uh, Brutus only bit me once you know and uh, that that was all he ever bit me so uh, I think I think Blue bit me twice I think he got me about four weeks ago four or five weeks ago on the on the finger but uh, I I try not to let him bite me you know what I mean. But uh, mm-hmm. if they do, I, I don't, like, I'm not mean to them, um, you know. I, it's my fault completely, not theirs. You know, I'm the one right. that has them in captivity, you know. So I'm not mean mm-hmm. to them at all. And, I, I, you know, I just go over and try to pet them and make sure that they realize that, you know, I'm not going to hurt them, you know. I guess yeah. that's basically, you know, and, and uh, I wanted to tell people on there, uh, since I'm, nobody's calling in, I guess, huh, uh, I wanted to tell the people that are listening that I, I train them with food first, and then I hide from them with food, and, and I call them, and then I give them the food. And then I just hide from them and call them, and they'll come to me. You know what I mean? That's how I train right. them. You know, so in case they wanted to know. Because I get a lot of a lot of uh, questions like that on my YouTube, but it's kind of hard for me to write it all down and explain to them. I try to, I put up a couple of videos showing how I do it, you know, but I guess people just, they, they see one or two or three or 50 of my videos and they don't see that one, you know what I mean? So, mm-hmm. and I do have like Okay, we do have another over... caller here, Dave. Okay. We have another caller here for you. Hold on. Uh, caller right. from the 253 area code. You're live on Get the Nation Radio. Hi, Dave. This is Elsa. Hello. Hi, Elsa. How are you? I had to leave the room for a second. When I came back, the chat room was talking about tokays. Did you say you worked with tokays? We can use somebody like you. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I, I've. Uh, I hear something in the background. Um, I, I've uh, worked with a lot of tokays. I, you know, I I would see them in the stores for ten, fifteen dollars, and I'd buy them and bring them home because uh, I knew people weren't going to be able to, to tame them down because of the fact that they they like to bite, you know. And, right. Uh, the first thing I'd do is bring them home and tame them down, and you know, they're pretty easy, I think, to tame down. So. Hmm. How but do you do that? How do you work it? I just let them bite me. You know, and after a while, they quit biting. Why? Well, I'm an iron worker. I'm an iron worker. My hands are a little tough. You know what I mean? So I, I wouldn't recommend it for a kid or or uh, maybe somebody with with more uh, delicate hands. But that's how I do it. You know. And they, I, I they guess just, I should uh, start. I guess I should start working with iron then, huh? <laughs> well, actually, you know, it's uh. uh to me, I think that's one of the easiest ways to uh, tame down a lizard if it's not too big. I used to do that with alligator lizards, too, you know. I'd let them bite me, and after a while, they just figured, well, there ain't nothing I can do to hurt this guy, you know. And they just quit biting, you know. So it's okay, pretty thanks, neat, really. Dave. Yeah. All right, cool. Thanks for calling in, Elsa. Thank you, Elsa. That's funny. I just, I just <laughs> let them bite me. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> Um, well, Dave, uh, I know you wanted to give us about an hour of your time, and um, I, I'd like to give you this time to mention anything else that uh, we didn't cover uh, tonight and uh, give you the floor for a few minutes. Okay. Well, um, I, the reason I joined YouTube in the first place whenever I, I started this was because I, I really didn't know anything about computers. I, I could barely even type on a computer. I didn't know how to get to a page. I didn't know anything about them. So when I was on, I was put on disability for a year, and I thought that I would uh, help people in the reptile community. And I started on reptile forums, and uh, I would, I went on to a couple of forums, and and uh, I told people my experiences, and they started calling me a liar, until I actually got the the proof and had to put you know pictures and and letters and stuff on on the uh on the site to you know prove to them that I wasn't lying you know and uh mm-hmm. so I I joined the YouTube to show people that uh you know you can train these animals they can be tame and uh you know and if you don't believe me go look at one of my my videos you know and I think a lot of people are learning from that. I, as a matter of fact, I know a lot of people are learning, and they're they're starting to you know try calling their their reptiles. And uh, I think you know the main thing is when you get uh, reptiles or any animal for that matter is to work with them and and keep them. You know, don't just put them in a cage. Uh, to me, you know, you don't, you don't just put them in a cage and let them uh, just oh look, I got a giant lizard. You know, to me, that's not the way that they should be, but teach their own, you know, as far as if that's what they want to do. And I don't, you know, it's like I have got a few videos of them, uh, you know, eating uh, live reptile, I mean, live mice or rats or whatever, and uh, I don't think people should be showing that on the, the YouTube just like you because uh, other people have uh, have pets that are, uh, you know, rats and my wife had a pet for over a year, a pet rat, you know, and so I can see how other people like them, you know. And, uh, yeah, I that hurts that, us as a whole. 
Yeah, yeah I, do, I think it does. You know, even though they, you know, to me, rats and mice won't live very long because they're lab rats, you know. But people do like them, and they are kind of right. neat, you know, in a way. I, I have my they youngest have boys you got four or five. Just don't have to show it over and over again. Is what I'm yeah, thinking. yeah, yeah. And and I don't, you know, and and I don't, I don't think people should buy a reptile just to so they can show people that it can kill something, you know. I know. That's, just, that's not a, you know, especially since I've had lots of. Uh, Pythons and and, uh, and monitors and and they'll all eat you know food right out of the out of the store you know if you if mm-hmm. you uh, train them you know even I've had pyth- uh, Burmese pythons and retics that just take chicken legs right from you know right from the store just they'll eat a chicken leg right out of my hand you know so mm-hmm. and they don't even strike or anything like that so as long as you train them right you know then they'll uh, they'll uh, you know do things more positive for you. And, mm-hmm. and just tear things up, you know. And I, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't think, I don't think people should should get an animal for that anyway. You know, that's the, you know, Chalk these value. are, right? yeah, 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 yeah. And I, you know, I, I even see people doing things <laughs> that I don't like, <laughs> you know. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, and I, I hope that, uh, you know, that I have helped out quite a few people and. In the YouTube community, you know, showing them that what you can and can't do with these animals, and maybe they'll uh, be somebody that will carry on, you know, and get these animals smarter than you know, or get them to do more than what I've been able to, you know. And when I retire, I'm going to work with them completely, <laughs> all the time. So, I mean, I'm a retired iron worker, but you know, I still work. So, uh, I'm talking about when I get a little bit older. So, okay. I don't know. Am I uh, rambling or? <laughs> not at all, Dave. You did, you did a great job tonight. Uh, this is right. this is your first ever radio appearance, right? Yes, yeah. That's my first ever radio. I've had a few, uh, you know, uh, newspaper articles and things like that, but uh, and you know, short uh, TV things, you know, on the news and stuff, but but not uh, a radio interview. So, yeah, it's cool. been great. kind of fun. Yeah. Yeah, Thanks. you did an excellent job. Now, absolutely, you're you're welcome anytime, and I'm I'm glad you're able to come on uh, with us tonight. And uh, I just want to encourage everybody. Um, if you know, Dave, you were saying I'm going to leave everybody with this too. Uh, you were saying that you know when you first started posting in the forums, they thought you were lying. Uh, here's a quote from from Gandhi: First they ignore you, then they laugh at you, then they'll fight you, and then you win. And that's basically yeah. what happens. <laughs> And yeah. it, it's so true. And that, that's basically yeah. a cycle that any of us will go through if we're bringing something new to the community or, um, you know, like, for instance, I have, uh, you know, other people, you know, if there's a new project, a new gecko project, for instance, uh, it'll, meet, it'll get met with resistance in the beginning and then eventually things get accepted. And it's just, it's human nature. So I think what you've done is you've really given uh, reptile people a unique perspective on how these animals, how smart they really are, and what can be done. And, and like you said, if somebody wants to focus on your work and take it up to the next level, they certainly can and use use uh, what you've done as groundwork. But uh, I, I still think you have a lot more that you're going to be able to show us. So I really look forward to um, you can make so. these awesome videos. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> I want to see what you do with Bruce too, and uh, see him and see him all big with all 
you know, when he's got all those knobs on his head, you know, those rhinos get with the horns and everything. Yeah. He looks so cool. Yeah, I can't wait to see him grow up over there with you. Well, I'm so, not guaranteeing I'm going to let him climb on my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He might, he might carry up at that point. <laughs> yeah, well, if you've seen the video right, with cool. Phil, what he did with my back, so... I don't know if you've seen oh, that I've seen one. so many of your videos now. <laughs> All right. Uh, Dave, thanks a lot for coming on. And uh, uh, just put right. out your YouTube channel real quick so people can find you. Well, I would just type in Dave Durham, D-A-V-E-D-U-R-H-A-M, and then just put uh, lizards, L-I-Z-A-R-D-S, or the smartest mm-hmm. lizards in the world, one of the two, and they'll find me. Right. So. Awesome. All right, cool. great. Thanks a lot, Dave, for coming on. I really appreciate it. All right. You guys have a good one, right. Gecko Nation, huh? You too. You too. See ya. All right. What do you think, Steve? Dave's awesome, isn't he? Oh, yeah. From the first video I ever saw of his, he had a new subscriber. Yep. <laughs> I mean, instantly. Yeah. And I, I remember watching one of the ones where he was calling, um, I believe it was Buddy, and I had to I had to yell at my wife, you know, because my, my computer room's in an, in another room, and she's out in the living room. I'm like, come here, you gotta watch this, you know, because I was so excited when I saw it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. And and you know, each one of his videos, some of them are are very similar to each other, where he's calling them. But you know, you really, you, you unless you really, I, I don't know. I can watch them over and over again because it's just fun to see the lizards come to. Him. You know, it's like a yeah. uh, it's like a little thrill, you know, to see them actually do it. And when he's hiding behind the house, and then they they come around and they find him. Yeah. <laughs> he literally plays hide and seek with them. It's amazing, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it, and it stinks in New York. A lot of monitors and bigger lizards you can't have in New York. But because uh, I would love to have yeah. a monitor, you know, it'd, it'd be nice to have one someday. But, you know, you you and I have both noticed uh, intelligence with our leopard geckos. So it's not a size. Oh, yeah. It's not, like, it's yeah. not the size of the animal's brain that determines the intelligence level. I don't think that's the case at all. You know, and they yeah. say dinosaurs yeah. had such small brains and they were stupid. I don't think that's the case at all with dinosaurs. I think they were very intelligent. And I don't yeah. think the size of the brain means anything. Um, no. That's just my just my interpretation. So, yeah, but, I, uh, had, uh, I had a... Uh, it was a snow Las Vegas patternless albino that I moved from a smaller tub to a larger tub, and I mm-hmm. swear he was excited about it <laughs> because <laughs> he was just he was just I mean he was looking at me and then like like moving around and then he'd like shake his tail real quick and he just looked like he was excited about being moved up to a bigger tub. I couldn't believe it. I had, happy. I had same thing. I had come here and watch him. <laughs> You know, and I just I couldn't believe it when I saw it. And they have, they have some of them have just amazing personalities. That one male that you got for me yeah. really has bonded with you, right? Yeah, he is, and, and he's uh, he may have bonded with my wife more now. <laughs> she's she's fallen in love with him, and oh, she wow. she was never never a reptile person before. Mm-hmm. So that's that's pretty yeah. good. Though have her get attached. Yeah. She, she, she goes in and that's 
pretty much the the only one she'll go to. You know, she'll check out other ones, but she'll go right to to him and talk to him and see how he's doing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I have some unique bonds with a few of them. I have so many now, but a few of them I have some unique bonds with where I definitely spend a little extra time with them. I take them out, I pet them, and they love when I pet their heads. And um, yeah. they just love, some of them just love sitting in my hand. And yeah, I mean, and, and to be able to socialize with them, it's it's just a unique experience. It's different than a dog and it, it all, you know, you kind of expect that kind of behavior from a dog, but when you get it from a reptile, it's a whole different feeling, don't you think? Yeah, oh, I think so. I have I have one that um, actually looks like he reaches for me. Like really? he'll lift up one leg at a time, like he's trying to get up to me before I'm, you know, to him. You know, I'll open the tub mm-hmm. up, and it's like he's trying to get to me before I go to go go after to you know reach in and grab him. It's like he knows. Yeah. That's that's cool. Well, Brooke in the chat room is just saying that uh, uh, I gave her a jungle, and she said that he has an awesome personality and crawls right onto her hand. And uh, the other bell that I gave her is a total spaz ball. She says, <laughs> so they <laughs> they can totally be different in personality, definitely. Um, oh yeah, that's it's funny. You know, you know, maybe there's something to it. I mean, like if if they can vary in personality, it's not like they're just cloned. Stupid animals. They, they, you know, they have personalities, which yep. is that's that's a sign right there that you know they're not as dumb as you think. But uh, I think we're fortunate that we're able to work with them, and uh, uh, you know, we we just got a lot more work to do. But uh, tell us, Steve, what you're going to be bringing. You're going to be vending with me at the show next weekend, April sixth, next Sunday, in New York, uh, the Plains. Uh, yeah. What are you bringing? Yeah. Um, a lot of Las Vegas stuff. Um, some mm-hmm. gargoyles. I only have one ball python left. Okay. Um, trying to think what else. I think that's it. I've got I've got a couple of um, uh, heady clips, possible het trampers. Um, mm-hmm. But no, I think that's that's about it. And you know, yeah, my, okay. my I still have a gargoyle laying eggs, and she hasn't been paired up since last year. And she's still laying <laughs> eggs. <laughs> <So, laughs> wow. That's amazing. What did you think of the, the little uh, Millie-Eye? Oh, my God. That's so cool. I'm so, yeah. I'm oh, so pleased man. and proud that you were able to make one. And it was funny. It was like we were talking about it, you know, that that show, and then the next day it hatched. <laughs> I was like, yep. oh, my God. Yep. I couldn't believe it. I was bumming. I was bumming the one didn't make it out of the egg, but... but yeah. uh. And he and he thinks he's a he's a big guy because he tries to scare me off. The little guy. Does. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh really? You know, I'll check on him, you know, every day, and uh, yeah, he'll I'll I'll move some stuff around or whatever, put some mealworms in or dubias, and and he'll he'll like lunge at me a little bit. <laughs> it's funny. funny. He makes a little a little barking noise. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't back down. <laughs> no, huh? Yeah, that's cool. Well, I'm. I'm glad you. You got to make a nice little colony of them now. I'm yeah. glad you. Uh, you're successful at breeding them. Um, how many of those male Las Vegas uh, snows do you have left? Uh, I gotta have at least three or four, um, of those, and then I have some 
just Las Vegas patternless, and then I have some uh, Las Vegas hat patternless. Uh, mm-hmm. I've got probably three or four of each, I think. Nice. I may take you up. I may grab one of those mails from you. Just have as a backup here. I mean, my mail is doing great, well, but you never know. I got a nice one then for you. Yeah. Real nice. Oh man, some of them came out. I mean, they all look good, but I mean, some of them just look amazing. I held I held one back that was just like, you know, fluorescent almost on the edges of his belly, just like almost fluorescent mm-hmm. yellow. I mean, it, it it really it just yeah they 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 look real nice. I just got a text from uh, from Daryl. He wants one too. So uh, cool. uh, I'll grab I'll grab two from you. And uh, I'll ship it down to Daryl for you if you want. Um, oh, all right. Deal. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. Do you have any females? Uh, no. I I kept uh, the last ones I had. I ended up holding back. <laughs> That's okay. Got to got to keep I, that line going. That's a very good oh, line yeah. of Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping I get That's some jungles. I'm hoping I get some jungles this year. Is uh. The one yeah. female that I have is a jungle, but I did, I only produced um, the banded all last year, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. this year I'll uh, I'll get some jungles. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, you never know. Maybe. Yeah. All Not right. That, well, I just uh, I don't care. <laughs> I like I like. They're all awesome. Ciao. <laughs> well, the the, the patternless, the snow Las Vegas patternless that you're producing are among the best I've ever seen. I mean, that's just, and that's the truth. They really are. They're clean. They're, they glow. They literally have a glow about them. So, yeah. You know, and you've got to keep pictures, that line going. And you can't pick that up on the pictures. I mean, you really can't. No, definitely not. There's definitely something special about this line. But, uh, well, that's cool, because Daryl's Darryl's investing in some really nice geckos. This is, I told him that, you know, there's no better one than, excuse me, no better line of Las Vegas patties, no Las Vegas patties in these, and there really isn't that I've seen. So uh, that's cool. Um, all right, well, Steve, we're going to Oh, I, I also have, I forgot, oh, I got ahead. two two uh, super hypo tangerine hat bells that are female. I have two of those that okay. I'm going to bring to. I forgot about them. Okay. And they, they, yeah, cool. they look they're freaking gorgeous. Gorgeous. Really? Yeah. Yep. Nice. Yeah, I gotta do okay, up cool. uh, on my bells because I've got uh, the one really nice orange bell. I don't know if you remember remember uh, her. I got a trio mm-hmm. of females that I hatched out last year that I held back of bells. One was a um, a radar. The other one was just a bell that may be a snow. It's kind of hard to, hard to tell for me, but I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it's a snow a snow bell. And then um, that one that was. Uh, the the striped tangerine bell that really nice bright mm-hmm. orange one so I got to do an update video on them because they they look great you didn't you, you really nailed it with those with those those bells they look beautiful yeah I kept all the females <laughs> definitely that's what I would have done too you got to keep it going you know and refine yeah it. yeah and now I'm gonna bring your bee down too your bumblebee I'm gonna bring bring cool. him with me. Yeah. Okay, cool. And I, I have your bandit here. He's doing really nice, looking really good. Cool. So, awesome. Cool. All right. Uh, All right. I'm so- uh, 
So, Ed, you what? I'm psyched. Me too. It's going to be a great never... show. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's my birthday, so we're going to have a good time. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, I'm going to bring, <laughs> bring my brother. He's never been to a reptile expo, so I'm going to bring him with me. Nice, nice. I'm sure he'll yeah. love it. Oh, I know he will. Yeah. All right, cool. All right, well, we're going to wrap things up, everyone. Um, this Tuesday uh, coming up is uh, Christy Hausman from Ghoulish Geckos. So we're going to do some, some great leopard gecko talk for everybody. Make sure you call in with your questions and comments and whatever. Um, and then next, uh, let's see, uh, next Tuesday is going to be the Ray Autry Show for Rise Against Rattlesnake Roundups. And uh, we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of all that. So don't miss that one either. But uh, I just want to thank our, our guest, Dave Durham, tonight. Thank you, Steve, for co-hosting with me. And, uh, of course, for the news. Yeah, and uh, we'll do it again soon. All right. Have a, all right. Have a good night, bud. You too. All right. All right, folks. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and play the outro, and then I'm going to come back with my closing remarks. Gecko Nation Radio is a David Spine Gecko's creation and production. You can visit the show's Facebook page at Gecko Nation Radio. I also have a great family-friendly group on Facebook called Gecko Nation. Apply for membership today. The jazz music you heard tonight was generously donated and created by Jeremy Turgeon of J&D Reptiles. Thank you very much, Jeremy, for the great musical pieces. You can check out Jeremy at J&D Reptiles on YouTube and on Facebook. And a very special thank you to our news anchor, graphic designer, and audio tech, Steve Barker. All the graphics, audio sponsor plugs, and music overlays were assembled by Steve. Check out Steve on YouTube at BC Barker Creations. He has some terrific videos for the herb community with amazing geckos and snakes. Please support the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance and USR. Gecko Nation Radio is proud to support both of these organizations. Please donate to U.S. ARC so that they have the funds needed to legally protect pet owners' rights nationwide. You can donate to the U.S. ARC Legal Defense Fund at www.usarc.org. If you would also like to learn about advocacy and how you can take action on a state and local level, please subscribe to the U.S. Herpetocultural Alliance newsletter and blog at www.usherp.org. All right, everybody. Uh, my closing remarks are pretty much this. Um, got a lot of respect for our guest Dave tonight, and um, he definitely encourages people to uh, keep an open mind and to take that extra step with your animals. Okay, not just you know keep them in a cage and forget about them. You know, take them out, interact with them, try to uh, try to you know. It's basically what you get out of your pets is what you put into them. You know, so. You know, give it 100%. Give it 150%. And uh, just really try to enjoy your pets and, and see what they can do. And uh, who knows? You might be surprised. All right, everybody. I'm going to play a song. And uh, just want to thank everybody in the Gecko Nation group for being awesome. You guys are great. Everybody that's still in the chat, Amanda, Brooke, Dave, Elsa, Sean, and Steve, thank you all for uh, being here tonight. And thank you, Dave and Elsa, for calling in. Until our next show.